All right, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about thought management as it related to time. A lot of people call this time management, but last time I checked, time goes on at the same exact pace no matter how much we try to manage it. We approach the subject of time management from a thoughts management perspective. That is, time we have as teachers remains constant. It's in neutral circumstances. Your planning period, for example, is 52 minutes, and it will be 52 minutes tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Or if you're a block schedule, it'll be 90 minutes. Time before school remains the same. The time after school remains the same. We're probably not going to change that. Now, we can think of this time as a lot or a little. We can think we don't have enough time to get what we need to get done, or we can think of it as plenty of time to get some things done, even if it's not everything. Now, if you listen to that podcast episode, you might get the wrong impression. The impression that I approach my planning time with a calm, cool confidence with nary a moment of stress. But that's not always the case. Hey, this is Trent Lorcher, and welcome to the Teaching ELA Podcast, where I help ELA teachers thrive in and out of the classroom. In this podcast, I discuss real teaching for real classrooms. Whether it's a specific piece of literature, teaching strategy, or life strategy, I talk about things ELA teachers need. I promise that with each podcast episode, you'll have something you can use today. So, I have uh, almost completed my life coach school training, and my wife has as well. I just want to share some of the things I've been learning with my colleagues. And this time it has to do with how we use our time. Again, just because we all know this is time management, maybe I'll just call it time management, but really it's how we manage our thoughts as it relates to time. So the very day after I recorded the podcast episode a couple weeks ago that we changed our thoughts from I have I have to get all this done to I have enough time to get some stuff done. I found myself stressing out during my planning period. You ever do that? And you, you go and you give all this great advice and then you're having trouble applying it yourself. Well, that's what was happening. I had a list of about five things to do. Two really quick things that I took care of immediately and three not so quick things. The most important thing on the list was to plan for the following week. Now, when I say plan, I mean have the objectives, have the the activities we're going to do, have all the copies run, have the books ready, all that, all that sort of stuff. And I should also note that I teach five different classes. So when I say I, well, so when I say plan for next week, I mean have all five classes planned out Monday through Friday, all copies made, knowing what books I need, all that. So when I come in, if, if something happens between now and next week, maybe I get sick, maybe uh, there's there's a, I heard there's a virus going around. You guys heard that? There's a virus, been a virus going around. Anyways, if I get sick, everything's ready. Copies are made. Someone can come in. Now, they're not going to do the the great job that I do, right? But they should be able to, you know, do a decent job. With about 10 minutes left in my planning period, I had four of the five classes ready to go for the following week. And And now what do you think I did? Do you think I took my own advice and said, wow, It's only like Thursday, and I have four of my five classes completely ready for the next week. Or did I say, oh my gosh, I didn't get everything done and start to stress out. Now, if I would have followed my own advice, I would have given myself a pat on the back, said, good job, you'll have time to do this fifth class tomorrow. But instead, I didn't follow my advice, and I stressed out because I hadn't completed all five. And I hadn't even started on the other task I had listed, which was grade some writing I had collected the day before. That's when what I call, I don't call it, John Acuff calls it the soundtrack. The broken soundtrack in my mind began to loop. The one that tells me 
I can never get enough done, blah, blah, blah. It's the one most teachers have playing a lot. Now, I know this because you told me. And I happen to talk with teachers every day. Even on the weekends, I talk with teachers. Because that's a lot of my friends are teachers, and I hear this, I just don't have enough time, I just don't have enough time. And it's a broken soundtrack we play in our heads. <sighs> then I took a deep breath, like I just did there. Realized I had everything ready for the current day, everything ready for the next day, and 80% of everything ready for the following week. That meant I could plan for class number five during my next day's planning and get some grading done. That thought put me at ease. I then took the papers I needed to grade and set them on my laptop cart slash podium. I have a laptop cart, you know, because I'm high tech that way. And at least got started on them as I awaited my next class. So nothing had really changed in those 10 minutes. The circumstances didn't change. I still had the same exact amount done, but my thoughts changed. So instead of panicking and stressing out, I changed my thought that, hey, you got a lot done, bro. (laughs) I don't really call myself bro. But if I, you know, someone exactly like me showed up, I'd say, hey, bro. Actually, I have a brother who's a lot like me that I call bro. So I changed the thought. My attitude changed. My actions changed. So instead of throwing my arms up and panicking, I thought, well, I got a little time left still. I still had like five or ten minutes to go. Put them on my cart as I waited for my class to come in. I just graded some of those papers. Felt good about it. My class showed up. Instead of being in a bad mood, all stressed out, I was in a good mood because I had 80% of my next week planned. And because my actions, because my thoughts changed, my emotions changed, my actions changed, and my results changed, I can assure you that the class went a lot better because I changed my thoughts to, I don't have enough time to get stuff done, to, well, I got a lot done today. I have a little more to do tomorrow. If we don't catch our thoughts, then we fall into the why bother planning our planning period if I'm not going to get it done anyhow. That's a destructive thought and it hinders our ability to teach well. Now this thought bleeds over into other areas of our life. Has anyone listening to this podcast ever tried to lose weight? And things are going well in week one, you lose a few pounds. Week two, you lose a couple pounds. You're feeling good. Week three comes around and you don't lose anything. Maybe even gain a pound or two. I can't tell you how many times this happened to me because I lost track. I can't count that high. And then instead of saying, and then, then instead of realizing, okay, those those pounds I lost in weeks one and two, I still don't have them. But no, instead I say, why, I go into the why bother. Why bother trying to eat well? I gained a pound last week or I only lost half a pound last week and it's time to go to the refrigerator and seriously get out a jar of peanut butter. Actually, I don't get the peanut butter out of the refrigerator. I get it out of the closet next to the refrigerator and I just pound peanut butter and then I'll head down to 7-Eleven, maybe get some cheese sticks and then, uh, oh great, my wife's making spaghetti. I'm going to have three plates of spaghetti and she looks at me and with the, I thought you were trying to eat right. And I say, be quiet and get me some cheesecake, honey. And then uh, she throws the cheesecake at me for being rude. Can anyone relate to this? Because how, how you think at your job carries over. So if we can get a grip on this at work, we can get a grip on this in other aspects. Listeners to this fantastic podcast are aware of, of how I was able to change my thoughts as it applies to weight loss. That when that happened last time, in fact, I've lost about 35 Pounds, 38 pounds. That depends on the day. Scale goes up and down randomly, I've noticed. First two weeks, I lost like seven pounds total. Week three, I gained a pound. But this time, because I had committed myself not to an insane asylum, 
I already worked there. <laughs> Just kidding. I had committed to actually not quitting because quitting is not going to get you where you want to go. And I, uh, I kept going. I kept, I changed my thoughts, changed my emotions, and eventually was able to reach that goal. So planning can be the same way. Just because you don't get everything done you wanted to get done during your planning period doesn't mean you didn't get anything done. So in the case I just gave you, I got 80% of my following week's lessons done because I had planned my planning period. There is one thing I do want to emphasize right now, and that's when we lay out the amount of time we have to plan and grade and do all those things we do when we are not responsible for students. It's more than we think, and we kind of went over this last week. But in order to make the most of that time, we need to plan. So we need to plan what we're going to do during our planning time so that we can plan well. So what I'm talking about right now is not actual lesson planning, but planning the time we have available for lesson planning and other duties. These principles I'm sharing can be applied to the time we actually teach and the lesson plans that help us teach it as well. But right now, I'm not talking about lesson plans. I'm talking about planning our lesson plans. So the more you plan, the more free you are and the more you are in control of your life. I can't tell you how many times I've heard teachers boast about their spontaneity. That's bullcrap. We can be spontaneous only when we have a plan. Planning brings confidence. Planning allows us to be spontaneous because we don't have to worry about what we're doing next. Do you really think being spontaneous during your planning time helps you with your planning time? Of course not. That's stupid. It doesn't help you with class time either. You've done this in your class. You don't have a plan, so you're always, instead of focusing on the present and being with your students and teaching, you're worried about what what you're doing next and how you're going to fill the next 10 minutes. We've all been there. The same thing is with planning time. Now, when I got up this morning... I knew exactly what I was going to do with my planning time, and it went a lot better. Did I get everything done I wanted to get done? No. Did I get the most important thing done first? Yes. Did I get some stuff done? Yes. And I'm, I'm just a regular old guy who has a podcast. Really, I'm a nobody. Let's be honest. If, it were, if you weren't listening to this podcast, you'd have no idea who I was. And even if you are listening to this podcast, you still have no idea who I am. So I'm just a random guy who was able to get a lot done because I planned my planning period. Planning delivers results, helps you enjoy free time more, helps you feel more in control, helps you create the classroom you want, the lessons you want, and ultimately the life you want. Because how you plan your planning time has effects that go beyond the classroom. It has effects on your students too. But if you want to get home on time, if you want to leave on time today and have a good lesson tomorrow, you need to take advantage of the planning time during your day. And so I think everyone here has a planning period, depending on your school schedule. Anywhere from 50 to 90 minutes. Everyone here has a lunch. It's a state law. That lunch ranges from anywhere from a half hour to 45 minutes. You're supposed to be at school early. I don't know of a, of a school where they tell you, oh, school starts at 7.05, your contract time starts at 7.04. I don't think there's a school in the, in the world that does that. And then you have time at the end of the day. So what are you doing during that time is a result of how well you plan that time. So if you're not planning anything, you don't have habits established, you're losing time and you're going to be stressed out and you're not going to leave on time. I'm sounding preachy here. I apologize. I'm not being preachy. I've made all these mistakes. So I'm kind of talking to myself a little bit. Planning creates time. Remember when I said we don't really manage time? Well, I'm going to contradict myself. If you have 90 minutes and you need to prepare lesson plans for the next day, you can give yourself a 45 minute task to get your next unit ready. During that 45 minutes, you promise to focus on that and unit and nothing else. 
you will eliminate distractions and just do it. Or you can start your 90 minutes without a definite plan of what you want to do, and it will take you the entire 90 minutes to get that unit done, if you ever get around to working on it. So by planning those 45 minutes, you just double the amount of time you have. In other words, if you make a list, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, in this 90 minutes, here's what I'm going to work on. I'm going to start with the most important thing. You're going to get more done. In essence, you are creating time. So when I said, I, so when I said during that planning period, I'm going to plan for next week. Notice I didn't say I'm going to plan for next period. That would have been stressful. I said, I'm going to plan for next week. And I created a bunch of free time for the following week because I already had the plans done for 80% of them. What comes to mind is why does planning sometimes not work? Have you ever had this, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Maybe not for during your planning period, but maybe at home on the weekend. I'm going to clean out my garage today, or I'm going to, I'm going to write a book, or I'm going to go exercise. So, why do, so we don't do it, and we, and we blame well, planning doesn't work. And sometimes it doesn't. So let's just take a look. Why does planning sometimes not work? And the number one reason is because we don't honor our commitment to ourselves. We procrastinate and do other things that don't contribute to our goals. So it's just, it's just we got to honor our commitment to ourselves. Why don't we honor the commitment to ourselves? I don't know. But it probably has to do with our brain's desire to expend the least amount of energy possible. So I'm going to include some suggestions on how to make planning time your time for success. And again, these principles can be applied in all aspects of your life. Always remember that how you feel about your planning time is caused by your thoughts. You're only short on time because you think you're short on time. So let's do a quick review. The amount of time you have to plan is your circumstance. This includes your actual planning period, time before school, time after school, and lunchtime. The circumstance is neutral. The thought we have about the amount of time we have to plan causes our emotions about our planning time. You are 100% in control of your thoughts. So if you choose to say, I don't have enough time, guess what? You're going to be stressed out and you're going to act as though you don't have enough time. If you choose to think, I have plenty of time to get very important things done. I have enough time to get done what needs to get done. You're going to be deliberate in your actions. You're going to be less stressed out. And you're going to approach your planning period the same way or a different way. And what's going to happen is you're either going to create a vicious loop because your actions will produce results that prove your thoughts correct. And it's going to create either a vicious cycle or a virtuous cycle. Remember, you are 100% in control of your thoughts. Now, before I know there's some people thinking, oh, yeah, good old Trent here. Trent takes a couple of classes in uh, life coaching, thinks he's an expert. And in a sense, I am an expert, but not because I took a couple of classes. I'm an expert because I've worked through these things myself. You see, I needed this lesson as much as anyone. And by writing out this podcast episode, I've learned a ton. So I've struggled with all these. I've struggled with the stress of thinking I don't have enough time. I've struggled with the stress of not getting things done that I wanted to get done. And I've struggled with the I'm a victim of my circumstances as opposed to I'm in control. I've, it's taken me 22 years to work through this. I wish someone would have sat me down in year one or two and gone over this with me. This isn't just positive, huffly, puffly stuff. Positive, the, the whole think positive about everything is bullcrap because not everything is positive. It's not positive that I have a student who poops his pants during class. Okay, that's not really true, but you get what I'm saying. That would be kind of a rough thing to handle, wouldn't it? I'm an optimist, and I think that I'm going to get a lot done today during my planning period. 
Our emotions, again, the thought about the amount of time we have to plan causes our emotions. Our emotions will determine our actions. If, again, if we think we have enough time, we do. We feel calm. Our actions lead to results. Our results will reinforce our thoughts and prove ourselves right every time. So we must approach our planning time with an abundant mindset that we are capable of getting done what needs to get done. And this can be done through planning. One, create time by planning. Decide firmly how you're going to spend your planning time and take massive action. To quote a famous shoe company, just do it. Honor the plan no matter how you feel. Not feeling like doing something is never a reason not to do it. If we only felt what we if we only did what we felt like doing, we we'd be complete losers. You have students like this, by the way. You have students who only do what they feel like doing, and what's their grade look like? Because no one ever feels like writing an essay. Well, I shouldn't say no one. Most people don't feel like writing an essay. People who are in shape don't really feel like getting up at 5.20 a.m. every morning. I get up at 5.20 a.m. Do I feel like getting up at 5.20? No. So if I only got up to exercise when I felt like it, I would be the same as I was seven months ago. Sorry, I made it about me again. Am I narcissistic? I hope not. But maybe I am. I need to look into that. If you plan, for example, that you will write a short story unit during today's planning time, then write a short story unit during your planning time. No matter how you feel. This is the difference between being an emotional adult versus an emotional child. So if you say, I have a short story unit to write to get ready for next week, and you have 45 minutes, and you're like, yeah, I don't feel like doing this now. I'm going to watch cat videos or football highlights Monday morning where I am. And uh, I'm itching to watch some football highlights, although my favorite team lost. I'm itching to watch some highlights, but I'm not going to because I have a short story unit to create. Because when I sat down and planned my time for today, I was in the emotional adult phase. The night before, the day before, I was an emotional adult. I knew I had some things to get done. This morning, I'm a bit of an emotional child. I don't want to do that. I want to watch football highlights or cat videos or reality TV reruns. But I'm not going to. I'm going to write the darn short story unit because that's what I plan to do, even though I don't feel like it. Focus on one thing at a time. This whole multitasking thing is garbage. There, there is no multitasking. Now, do I ever do two things at once? Yes. If there's, if there's a mindless task I'm doing, like filing, yeah, I'll put on some music or, or football highlights or something like that. Teachers, what do my fellow ELA teachers do to keep them from doing what they've committed to doing during their planning time? I'll go on YouTube and watch highlights of sporting events. What do you do? I'm just curious. Whatever, just stop doing it. Get to work. (laughs) Focus on one thing at a time. Don't multitask. Write the darn short story unit. Don't write the short story unit answer emails. Don't write the short story unit in grade papers. Don't write the short story unit and watch YouTube. Write the short story unit. Number four, practice saying no. Someone comes into your room and say, hey, can you help me with this? Just say no. You don't have to make up lies. Don't say you're too busy. Just say, no, I'm doing this right now. Let's set up a time where I can help you with that. Delegate if necessary. Let your students do some of this stuff. Let your student, you've got a responsible student. Say, can, someone gets done early, say, hey, can you staple these for me? We do this all the time. Number six, stop trying. That's the whole Yoda thing. Don't try, just do it. Stop trying to write the short story unit. Just write the darn thing. Number seven, Get rid of distractions. Now, I happen to work at a school where we have zero, we have no cell service. I know, what is this, 1993? <laughs> no cell service? It's a brand new school. 
They say they didn't do it on purpose. It's kind of nice, actually, because I don't have to worry about students getting on their phones during class because they don't have cell service, and we're not allowed to we're not allowed to tap into the Wi-Fi. Like I have to go outside to get cell service. It's kind of inconvenient when I need to like set up doctor's appointments and stuff, but it's really nice because it ends all it erases a lot of distractions. So whatever you need to do to stop distractions, do it. Get out of Facebook. Put your phone in a drawer. Put it on silent. Put it on do not disturb. Whatever it is you need to do to get done. And you can even you can even set time. Said, hey, for eight minutes, I'm going to look at Facebook. Then do it. So schedule a time for that. I'm not going to tell you how to use your time. I'm just saying if, you, if, you, if that's important, schedule a time for it. Uh, number eight, busyness is mental laziness. Busyness is a thought. It's how much you are thinking, not how much you are doing. You ever know some people, I, 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 I see this all the time. I have colleagues who say they're busy and I go at, I'll walk by and they'll be doing those things we do, doing those things I've already confessed to having done in the past. Or they'll say, I don't have enough time to teach this material, and I go by and they're wasting class time. And I say they, I could also say I, because I, I think I'm too busy. All busy, all busyness is, is your thoughts. You're trying to do too much at once in your head. You're thinking too much. You're not doing anything. So let's apply this to, we talked about planning time. We've kind of applied it to classroom time, but... Let's apply this to classroom. This is EL, teaching ELA, and I do have a lesson plan website called ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. So I'm going to talk to you what a good lesson plan takes care of. We talked about planning our planning time. Is plan our class time. The bell has rung and the class comes in. If you have a good lesson plan, then, one, you have maximized learning time. You get more done in the same amount of time, which in essence means you've created time. Again, don't give me the, I don't have enough time to teach this. You do have enough time to teach the most important thing that day. What's the objective you wrote on the board? This isn't for the, the whole writing objectives on the board, the I can statement. It's not for administrators. It's for, and it's really, I mean, it's for students, but it's really for, for us. That objective I write on the board is for me. It helps me focus. So I know if I don't get anything done, I'm getting that done. And that's the most important thing. And if you've listened to my podcast before, you know it's citing textual evidence to support analysis. Number two, you've created a lesson plan. Now honor that plan no matter how you feel. Once again, not feeling like doing your lesson plan is never a reason not to do. And if you plan on covering a specific standard on Friday, six period, I know exactly what's going to happen. You're not going to want to do it because I don't want to do it. It's the end of the day. It's Friday. Let's let's, uh, play boggle instead. Remember, we need to be emotional adults and get through it. Now, there are times where I do plan boggle on Friday. Kids like it. It's fun. Focus on one thing at a time in the class. Again, that standard on the board, that one standard you write up there should be the focus. Now, they're going to learn other things, but that's the focus. Focus on one thing at a time. Practice saying no. That means telling students to not, that means telling students no to doing things that aren't in line with your plan and discussions that don't have to do with the plan. Five, delegate. You can delegate certain tasks to students and we can delegate to technology. I did a whole podcast episode on writing logs and how using Google Documents helps me teach writing. Again, when you're in a classroom, stop trying and start doing. I have a student who's been trying to master citing textual evidence for like two years now. He goes, I'm trying. I go, I don't stop trying and start doing it. Do what I tell you to do. It's pretty easy. Stop distractions. Get the, get the phones off the student desks. The, the distractions are killing them. You're not doing students any favors by allowing them to have cell phones out and other things like that. You're not doing doing them a favor. And it's hard sometimes. I worked at a school where 
It seemed like constant, constant, constant. And it was robbing students of learning time and driving me crazy. And number eight, of course, our busyness is mental laziness. Students are trying to do too much. And that has to do with the distractions as well. All right, so we've taken the concept of planning. We've applied it to our planning time, and we've applied it to our class time at the end here. Let's talk about three takeaways. Number one, manage your thoughts about time by planning your planning time. Number two, manage time in the classroom by honoring the commitment you made when creating your lesson plan. And number three, busyness is mental laziness. All right. I want, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, not just for listening to my podcast, but for doing the job you're doing. The fact that you're listening to this tells me that you care about being a teacher. And there are teachers at your school because there's teachers at my school who don't care about being teachers. They care about getting a paycheck, and they're just killing time to get paid every, every month or every other week or whatever, whenever it is you get paid. That's not you. Now, you're you're taking the paycheck, and you deserve every cent you earn. You deserve every cent you get paid, probably more. But you're taking time to improve yourself. And I'm taking time to improve myself. Doing these podcast episodes is is, as much for me as for anyone because it helps me improve my teaching. So I appreciate you listening. I hope you found some value in this. And feel free to comment, like, share, whatever it is you're supposed to do with podcasts you like. And uh, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA Podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. That's ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review. 